So, remember what we said is as follows. What we're trying to do now is develop a methodological or maybe methodical approach, strategic approach to the study of Talmud. And we're trying to avoid the problem of being caught up in a amorphous sea of words and to be able to define when things begin and end and thereby see the structure. Structure being a crucial component for clarity, clarity being the friend that we have to embrace, vagueness, the enemy that we have to dispel. As a result, we try to, in our... As a result, what we try to do in our study is come up with a, a strategy of approach. Now, what kind of strategy do we need to use? So what we've done is we've borrowed from the Ramchal what are called the seven elements, seven ele- primary elements of debate, or what we call squatters, which divide every possible sugya can be divided using these labels. The advantage of using a label to divide the sugya into its constituent parts is it dispels the fog of vagueness and allows clarity to appear. The seven elements are statements. Something is a statement which could either be a statement of a Tana or Namoya, a Mishnah, a Braisa, those are Tanoim, or it's Namoya that's speaking in the Gemara. A statement is when the Gemara comes and presents us with a new, fresh idea. The function of a statement in a sugya, and generally it will become at the beginning of a sugya, is an expression of a new idea. A difficulty is we find a problem with something which has come beforehand, and a teret resolves that difficulty. A question is a search for information, and an answer supplies that information. A raya is a proof. A proof is when you need something to be solidified. There's nothing as irrelevant as a proof to something which doesn't need to be proven. Hmm. What's your name again? Yoshua. Yoshua. Kohen. Stand up, please, sir. Stand on this chair. I would like to demonstrate to you the nature of a proof. <coughs> okay. Would you like to lean on me with your hand? Put your whole weight on me. Okay? Yeah? How do you feel? So the relationship keep on going, keep on going. The relationship between me and Yeshua is I am a support to him. Which means if I were to move, he would come tumbling down. That's called a raya. That's called a proof. A proof means the thing on can't stand its own two legs. It needs to be bolstered, scaffolded, held up. So when you bring a proof, obviously there's something lacking, there's something, thank you, Yeshua. There's something lacking in the presentation information that needs to be supported. That's why you bring a support, because something can't stand on its own two feet. <coughs> if a person can stand perfectly, he doesn't walk around with a walking stick. So that's the function of a proof. So these are the elements that can make up a sugya. Now we're going to use a sugya, a small little sugya, and we'll divide it into its constituent parts. What I want you to do is all the lessons that we've been discussing and that we've been working through together, I want you to do, attempt to apply them both in your beer and in your bikir sadoi. Right? This is the, what we've been doing now for the last few sessions is called a gomorrah ulpan. It should be, give you the skills to go and relate to Gemara, I hope, I hope, I'm hoping, in a different way to in the way that you're relating to beforehand. Okay, I want you to apply the skills. Does anyone feel that they yet can apply anything that they've learned? Has it helped you in any way to see things differently in what you've learned? It has? Okay, this should be very helpful in terms of Gemara. As follows, we're looking at the Gemara in Davchav Tesamud Aleph, 
And the Gemara begins with Amar Rav Huna. The first word in the line is the Chavar Chavar the Chavar Chavar Isai, and then the last three words are Amar Rav Huna. Right in the middle. Right in the middle. Amar <laughs> Just scan down the side, looking for the word Chavah Chavah Isle. And when you see that, go to your left hand side. Oh, yeah. Chavah Tesa Madani. Amar Okay? So now let's go through this and divide into its constituent parts. Amar Avhuna. Shalai Shanim Sheamru. End of part one. Says Rav Huna, the three years that they said, it is when he ate them consecutively. Part one. Part two. My Komash Malon. What is Rav Huna coming to teach us? Tanina. We already learned it in the Mishnah. Quote. End of part two. Part three, Ma'udatema. What would you have thought? Miyoyim liyoyim. When it says the words, open quotation marks. Miyoyim liyoyim. Close quotation marks. From day to day, lafuke mikutois. It's coming to exclude half years. Meaning, if you don't have a full <coughs> three hundred sixty-five day year, but you only have a portion of the year. Ula olam, and really, afilum mifuzaros. Even if those years are spread out, they will be legitimately qualified as a good chazaka. Meaning, if you had year one, a gap of a year, year three, a gap of a year, and year five, since you had over the space of five years, three years, they would be sufficient since each year was 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 a full year. Chomash Melon comes, Rav to teach me, not so, and the, the years have to be consecutive, you can't have three years of a space of, for example, five. Okay? Good? Great. So now let's figure out how many parts are there to the sugya, and what the parts are. Okay, someone take a stab at how many parts there are to the sugya? I want to have a number. Someone give me a number? Three parts? Do you have any other bids? I want to say five. We've got five, we've got two bits now, we've got three and five. Everyone look in the Gemara and see if you can count. Four. <laughs> <laughs> that was like calculated. Three, four. Jeremy, copy these. Three, four. Three, four. I said three, four. Three, four. We've got three, four, and five. So let's begin and see. Does anyone can anyone label the first part? The first part is categorically a statement, and part number one is statement it's Omar Al Funa. Okay. What is part two? Kasha difficulty? Kasha. The six, the six. How does it begin with which which words? Okay, and when does it end? Yeah. No. No. Six. After the quote? After the quote? Yeah. Okay, what's part three? What is part three? It's a resolution. It's a terrace? Yeah. Okay, my other time is a terrace. 
what's part four? And why is poor, why is what is part four? I don't know. It's not part four. There is a part four. There is no part four. What's part four? I don't think part three is a terrace. You don't think part three is a terrace, or you think part three is? Not sure, but not terrace. Not the team. How would that be a? So what what Jeff is claiming is that Mauditama, including Kumash Milan, is all one big terrace. Okay, so now, what we're going to do now is something that you have to do. Until the Gemara leaves the page, you haven't begun learning it. Okay? So now, how do you check if your Shaklantaria, your give and take, is correct? You have to enact it. So I'm going to take on the role of Rav and Ryan Rachman is going to take on the role of the opposition to me. Are you ready for this? Absolutely. Okay. So I walk into the base base majors one day, and I say, Rabbi Sai, I just would like to share with you something which is which is really special. Something about the Chazaka of three years. Are you listening to me, Rabbi Ben? Chazok of three years, it actually has to be, I feel that, that my chiddush is that the only time it really works is when you, um, when you eat those three years <coughs> in a consistent manner, meaning one, two, and three. It's my chiddush. How's that? My chiddush. It's <laughs> <laughs> a big kiddush. It's a big kiddush. So it's three, you need three years. One, two, three. Kiddush. Can you issue that? I say my kamashmalan. What do you mean? I, I want you to speak English. <laughs> <laughs> I want you to speak English. What's um, the problem? You have a problem? Well, I, well, I agree with that. I no, you agree? Okay. I Sorry. like that one. Yeah, maybe, maybe we're in agreement. You, don't, you agree with me. You've got another problem with me. I, it says Hish, uh, three years day to day. Um, I don't know. I did this like months ago. This Lee, do you have a problem with that? <coughs> Yes. Yes. What's your problem, big boy? Um, it's not day to day. It's excludes if you, if I'm not there for a year. I'm gonna continue it the year after. So I'm gonna have a few years, scattered years. Hello, is your name Vagnus? Hello, Vagnus, my old friend. <laughs> We've come to talk again, to again. What are you doing, man? <laughs> I'm saying something. I, I want. There has to be a dialogue over here, right? Yes, it's getting mighty hot in here, isn't it? Just turn the heater off, please. Okay, so now like this. Yeah? What does I? Do you have a crack? So let's try this again. What's the novelty? Well, one second, one second. Let's give the Nash a crack. So I come in and say, guys, three years. One, two, three. has to be consecutive. I want everyone else to listen to this. Yeah, you have a problem with that, Menashe? You have a problem with that? What do you mean, what am I talking about? What are you talking about? The Mishnah clearly states exactly what you're saying. So what what what's your chiddush? Kasha. Difficulty. Now, why is it difficulty? Why can't I say the same thing as a Mishnah? Because the Gemara only has does it repeat itself. There's different levels of sages. There's a Tanaim and the Amoraim. Amoraim are the sayers. The Tanaim are the teachers. So the Amoraim are the explainers, and the Tanaim are the teachers. So they have to explain. 
So now, if the Mishnah says you need three years from day to day, and I come and say, guys, big Kiddush, Chazaka, you need to be three years day to day. You look at me and you say, what? Hello? We've learned this before. What are you talking about? Right? Good? So you got so you have an issue with me? Yeah. Yes. Okay. 100%. Okay, so now how do I respond to that? Alec, how do I respond to this issue? Come on. You responded with uh, my entertainment, which is... This is English, but English, this English, This is English. why it's needed. English, I want you to... You sound like you're a recorded message. So I, I want you to be real, real life. We're having a real discussion. Do you know what I hold? Those three years have to be one, two, three. You got an issue with that? <laughs> yeah, what are you talking about? What do you mean, what am I talking about? You're kidding. Mishnah says clearly... No! <laughs> you think you understood the Mishnah? <laughs> you didn't understand the Mishnah. What does the Mishnah say? The Mishnah says. Do you know the Mishnah says? The Mishnah says. The Mishnah says. Do you understand? Do it real, real life, real life. So reply, reply, take over. It means that you have to do it consecutively. Weak. 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 The Mishnah says that if you can't be cut years, then I'm adding continuous. Ravuna's adding continuous. Yeah, you're almost there, but you're also like a recorded message. I want you to. I want you to be alive. Jen said, "This is called learning. Learning isn't talking From about the, the Gemara. Learning is being inside the head of the Gemara." <laughs> <laughs> Taking a new stride. He's pondering it. Okay. Again, Jeff, do it now with more conviction. Yeah. When you first read the Gemara, the Mishnah. One second. No, we're in the middle of a discussion. <laughs> okay, Menashe. Okay. Fire at Jeff. What are you talking about? The Mishnah says me yom What you kidding? When the Mishnah says me yom yom, it's only talking about cut years, and what I'm adding is continuous years. Well, oh, so you're saying something different to the Mishnah? No, I'm explaining the Mishnah. You, oh, so, oh. you can only in, you only intu- intuit cut years, but really it means cut and continuous. It excludes both cut and continuous years. Nicholas. I like that. So, Menashe, I mean, I'm glad you asked that question because you are like really so stupid. And let me explain to you exactly why. Because do you think do you think do you think I would come there and just repeat what the Mishnah has to say? When you read the Mishnah, the Mishnah says it has to be three years, right? But the Mishnah could be interpreted wrongly. Do you know why? You could learn the Mishnah like this: it says it has to be three full years. What would you think? You think what the mission means three full years is it has to be three full year intervals. Year, year and year. But you won't necessarily infer from the Mishnah that year one has to follow year two and year three has to follow year two. You could infer that there has to be three years somehow conglomerated over space of however many years you like. And that's why I'm coming to say to you don't misinterpret the Mishnah. Since the Mishnah is not absolutely clear, it lends itself to ambiguity. My role as Rav Huna is to clarify to the nth degree that when the Mishnah said three years, it meant one after the other. And no, three years interspaced, interspersed with other time intervals will not work. You got it? I got it. So now, do you understand? The, The movement, the movement there was statement, what are you talking about? Response. 
statement, which is talking about response. That's called statement, kasha terz. Three parts. Do you see that? But you understand that until you've actually lived the Gemara, you haven't learned the Gemara. You have to now, now what you think about now now all of a sudden the sugya starts starts now your mind starts become stimulated one second so okay so let's now but we're thinking about we these are deep people right so that means if I would have mistakenly thought that three years could have occurred over let's say a five year period it means I've got a logical reason to suggest that you only need clumps of years and they don't have to be consecutive yes why would I have logically have thought that. Surely, consistency is a crucial component of developing a chazaka. A chazaka that you have, and then you leave the field fellow for you, and then you come back another year, and then you <coughs> leave it. I mean, that doesn't that doesn't show any kind of pattern. Surely, you have to make an association between years one, two, and three. And even though that's what Rav Huna is coming to teach me, but but could I really have thought otherwise? Ah, oh, so now do you understand? Are you starting to feel the sugya open up for you, Mel's? Mm-hmm. It's opening up. It's only opening up because now the sugya is real. Because now you're inside the sugya, you're not outside talking about, oh, these these people speaking about this thing. It's, no, I have to be Rav Huna. I have to answer his kasha. I have to be I have to be in the Gemara. It's not a spectator sport. How does it become not a spectator sport? By dividing it up into its constituent parts and then playing out the debate. You be one person, your chavrus will be the other. And then you'll get into it. Then you'll live it. Then it'll be important. You with me? The Gemara is not a text. If it's a text, you're not learning it. It starts to come alive when you close the book and you live it outside. Because now I have to think, now I have to think about what is Rav Huna really thinking? Because now I'm representing Rav Huna. So now I have to get into Rav Huna's brain. And then I have to get into the Makshan's brain. And then I have to get back into Rav Huna's brain. And then all of a sudden, I'm thinking properly. And then I can look at the Gemara and we can have guns. You with me, Zachary? Let's see what happens next in the Gemara. So why, why would you have thought that originally? Oh, now it's a problem, right? Why would you have thought that? Because that makes sense. We, we talked about this in class. I would have thought that consecutively is what it meant in the first place. Because that would be logical. Yom be yom, day a day would mean consecutively. Right. So why is why is he saying opposite? Why is he saying logical? Meaning, it seems to be that Ralph Witness says that without thinking, your natural predisposition would be, why do you think it's consecutively? It could be stretched over yeah. years. In other words, that's easier to understand than it has to be consecutive. So our kasha on that is, no, that's not. That's not easy to understand. That's actually quite counterintuitive. And if that's true, so then the kasha goes back on Ravuna. What are you teaching me? I never would have thought otherwise. Mm-hmm. So now we have a problem, right? What should we do with that problem? Live with it. Mm. Live with it. Why should we live with it? So this is a really important idea. What every kasha is, we've said this many times before, but it's important to reiterate it. A kasha, a difficulty, is the creation of a receptacle for information. If you're not bothered by the fact that Rafuna makes no sense, when you come to a resolution you won't spot it. You only you can only learn information in relation to questions that you have. And therefore, let's say all your questions about philo- philosophy. So when you start learning Gemara, it will be the most mind-boring experience you've ever had. Because you don't care about how long people stay and feels for. So therefore, it's completely irrelevant for you. If you're deeply concerned about land ownership, it will be the most exciting, engaging thing you've ever encountered. So depending on where you're, for example, give an example, how Akasha becomes become something which which becomes a magnet for information. The question that we've suggested before. 
how did a miserable little island called the British Isles control a quarter of the world? What do they do? They're miserable out of people who've got a great sense of humor, but they're not like, they're not, you wouldn't think they're the greatest warriors that ever <coughs> stepped upon the earth. Right, they, Brits are not known for their, like, you know, their their, their phenomenal physique and their. They're not, they're not known as as a martial people, and this nation kind of like just moved and took over the world. They took over the world. It's a miserable little island. How do they do that? It's the accent. <laughs> <laughs> and and seemingly having that accent isn't the strongest strongest method of conquest. <laughs> Like speak people to death because <laughs> you speak in Cockney. Leveraging power. So you're, you're coming up with the terrorists, but like, where, where did it begin? Where, what? What? When did it start? In the 1500s, 1600s, 1700s? I mean, it's, but, but you understand the absurdity of it all. Have you seen how big England is? Have you looked at the map of Europe? It's very small. And if you looked at the map of the world, it's very big. Seventy thousand Brits controlling four hundred million Indians. How can you explain that? 70,000 people in the Indian civil service controlled 400 million Indians. And the relationship between the different colonies, for example, America and America as opposed to Jamaica, in terms of their relationship to the sovereign state. A similar thought process. So they're able to think what the other person would be thinking, and they're able to put themselves in the other person's shoes. So when they're having an argument, they could play with the words and get them to understand something differently while at the same time thinking, okay, if I get them on this track of thought, I can then work around them a different way. And then take So you're saying, like, basically, the way that the Brits controlled the world was by manipulation. political manipulation? Partially. Okay, good. So that's the, but you're already giving me a, a terrace to the kasha. But the truth is, I probably, you know, even footy bred British people have never thought about that, right? For example, did you know there was such a thing as a fascinating thing? Everyone in America knows about the Boston Tea Party, right? Yeah. Speak about Brits. Have you heard about the Boston Tea Party? <laughs> Isn't that fascinating? Wow. Isn't that fascinating? You speak Brits, they know, they don't know. They don't know there was something like an American Revolution. Zero. Zero, it's just not part of the history. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard of it, I just don't know what it is. You don't understand! No, they don't know about it! They don't know about it! American history is like it's there, it's in the headlines! Brits wasn't known about it. You got a tea party, I don't know, a tea party. Why would you talk tea party? I don't think it's fair, it's not fair to use me and Dan as stereotypical British like academics. No, but I'm saying no, no, but these guys aren't academics either. You ask the average, the average, the average American, you know, you speak John, to people. You learn that at like elementary school. Right? Elementary school, like primary yeah. school. We don't care about We know Henry VIII had to? seven wives, that's all yeah. we know. But it's a true story. Eight wives. Eight wives. Divorced, beheaded, died, divorced, beheaded, survived. Six. 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 Oh. I always thought. Yeah, it's amazing what British people learning British history like the wa- and then the names of like the wives and then I've got to come think by the way remember America do you know why it's not British anymore no probably I don't know something happened <laughs> but you forget one wife of every day fail history <laughs> magnificent so now I want you to think about it right America was a British colony mm. yes what happened then you win a war. Sorry? You won a war. Who won a war? America. Against who? I, history is not my story. <laughs> <laughs> so in other words, this is really strange because the only people populating 
this new continent were Brits. So one would have thought that the last colony in the world, take Australia as an example, the Queen is still the Queen of Australia. Mm. She's called the Queen of Australia. Why? Because who popular Australia? They were Aborigines, right? (laughs) They were killed. No more. Right? So what happened? So they're Brits in Australia. What happened in, 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 in America? Who populated America? Brits. They were Native Americans. What happened to them? They were killed and then put into little reserves. Mm-hmm. Just to like, you know, as a relic, a museum. Ah, these are the people that this thing belonged to. Hi. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Kim. <laughs> so nice of you to welcome us. <laughs> <laughs> You know what they celebrate Thanksgiving? Killing Indians. Oh, that's what Thanksgiving was about. The Thanksgiving like it's one big joke. (laughs) (laughs) So, it's it's like this history is a really interesting thing. But you probably haven't thought about history. But you know what? The reason why we are here today, communicating English, is because of the stupid little thing called the British Empire. Otherwise, we will be speaking French. And that would be really uncomfortable because none of us can speak French. Imagine how uncomfortable it would be. We'd all be sitting in this room trying to communicate. None of us have the language because it would all be French and we'd speak French because we're English. I'm sorry. sorry no, no, no. Rabbi Rose War That's why we all speak English. Yeah. Uh, Efsha could be. I don't know. I think it starts a long way before. But you understand this? Like, the way where we are today is like deeply significant because we didn't like, we didn't like born. There's like a whole stuff that happened before us. If you, I don't know if you, your parents are like the war generation, like the, war, the, the British war generation. Like if your parents like go after you, like whenever you like leave a light on in the house, they kind of switch off the lights. So they're not like that in my house. Okay, so you're the war generation. <laughs> <laughs> like my, my, my mother-in-law, they had to like put in money to the electricity thing, yeah. and like they watched it go down. So like they've got a time switch on their night lamp on Shabbos. Now, what they don't obviously realize is that the time switch takes more electricity than the night lamp. <laughs> but they can't, they can't like, suffer the fact that a light will be on when there's enough light in the room. It's like, it's like psychologically too, too, too... Because there's a war. There's a war and there were restrictions and they had to go live in Cheshire for the war years. Or Cheshire. Because everything is... But, but until you've opened up those sugars, until you've, until you've asked the question, there's no receptacle <coughs> to gain the knowledge. There's no reason why you have to know so you probably you could, you could learn anything goes in one ear and out the other but when you think about it is like what's Rav Huna's Chiddush is like Mama saying something which makes no sense so you, you make it you get to a point where it becomes problematic oh now you've got a key you can contain knowledge that's where you want to get to and then you move on and then you move on and then you move on okay look we've kind of, we're almost running out of time so I just want to sum up our series of saying as follows um, we've spoken a lot about tomorrow I've introduced you to a few good techniques these are just the beginning of the techniques. The goal is that you have to implement them. If you have problems implementing them and you'd like to come and ask me questions, please feel free to do so. The, the point is to embrace clarity. The way you embrace, embrace clarity is, as we mentioned, structure proper. Make sure the structure is clear. Then ask questions, then just paradigm. If you start asking questions before the structure is clear, you don't know that there are three parts to the structure entire of Ravuna. So then you wait for two premature and it will sabotage everything you learn thereafter. Remember to the seven ways that you can break up the sugar and then make sure that after you've learned through every sugar, you can say, okay, this sugar has got X amount of parts to it. And they are. Statement, casual territory, whatever they are. And the topic of the sugar is like this, and you can act it out with your chavrusa, with the Gemara close. He can be one party, you can be another party, you can argue down until you become part of the And if you don't do this, you'll always remain a little bit bored by Gemara, and you'll never be able to get into it properly. 
because you're never going to enter it properly. It's not a spectator sport. If it remains a spectator sport, it will, you have to get in the inside. And then, all of a sudden, the Rashbam will make sense to you. And then the Shaklan Tai will start to take on a life of its own. And that's really important if you want to continue this thing, which is a really important thing. Literacy in Gemara is a basic and fundamental component of our spiritual development. And I bid thee all farewell and many happy years of good, thorough, and clear learning. Mm-hmm. 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 Mm-hmm.